Talk shows on the air, and I'm Ed Cohen, your host, coming to you today from San Diego, California. And our special guest today is Mr. David Hall, and he's coming to us from Taipei in Taiwan. Welcome, David Hall. Hello. Hi. Good morning, Ed. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Really, really happy to have you, sir. Now, this is going to be a fast-paced uh, dialogue between us. I am super interested in Taiwan, and especially you being so involved in the community and the business community as well as socially, as I see from LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. let me quickly introduce David Hall, originally from the U.S., went to Harvard. He's a former Fortune 100 management guy, uh, founded and helped build 10 startup, has a Harvard master's degree, uh, has been in China and Taiwan for 10 years. He has lived and traveled in 45 countries, and he's the founder of a company in Taiwan called USBCT. David, what is USBCT? The USBCT is the United States Business Coaching Taiwan. When I moved here, I was in uh, lived in China five years, and I've been here in, in Taiwan uh, five years. Technically, we're a, a coaching, consulting, training, facilitation company. So really, all of those, and we're the only company that kind of combines all of these areas. And uh, over the past few years, we've worked with HR heads, training heads, and top executives to develop specific programs that assist Taiwanese companies in this digital, we call it the industry 4.0 or digital transformation that's going on here. All right. We're going to get right into this. What did you study in Harvard before we get into this? I was an Asian studies graduate master's program from 95 to 97. And I also yeah. did three other master's degrees, an MBA and two others, a master's in information technology. All right. So this is great. And I thank you for sending me the ARVR YouTube. I looked at it today. Uh -huh. I'm really impressed. But I, and I want to get back to that in just a minute. Sure. So about Taiwan, and it's a small island off the coast of China and very close to Japan and Northeast Asia and all the trouble land that's going on now between mm -hmm. North and South Korea. Quickly, yes. from your point of view, you're very close to the action there. What do you think? of all that. Well, that's right. Uh, uh, you know, Taiwan is, I mean, it's a small island, 23.5 million people. But a lot of people don't realize it's one of the top 20 economies in the world. And uh, as you mentioned, Ed, it's really at a kind of a, a pivotal location here in Asia, which that is kind of the, the, uh, the good position that Taiwan is in, kind of the neutral, you know, hub between East and West. So, Right. We, we are following the, the developments, you know, very, very closely. Of course, it's on the news every day. And uh, we have a lot of friends in, you know, in Korea and Japan and throughout Asia. So we, we follow the developments very closely. All right. Now I want to dig down. I know that Taiwan is undergoing a tremendous transformation from very good manufacturing and service mm -hmm. economy to now the global digital economy, creating and developing branding and marketing their own stuff. 
to appeal to a wider audience, a global business audience. Tell us quickly, how is Taiwan accomplishing this, what sounds like and seems like monumental transformation? How is Taiwan doing this? Well, they really did see the the current administration saw the need for this this transformation. Taiwan was traditionally uh, about 30% manufacturing, 70% uh, service. And and that's what created Taiwan in what they call the, um, the Asian miracle. They were able to develop an island into one of the top 20 economies in the world. But a lot of that manufacturing is companies making, for instance, iPhones, Foxconn, Wistron, making iPhones for Apple and other companies. But now the new strategic initiative is for Taiwan companies to begin creating, developing, branding, selling and marketing their own products and services globally. So they've always been a global company. Now it's just really on a different uh, different level with their own products and services. Okay, so you're, uh, as I've done a little research, you're, you're part of this with your ARVR Center, together with Taiwan Partners and a U.S. partner called uh, Eon Re- uh, Reality. Yeah, Eon Reality. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and uh, I guess together, according to this that I'm reading, you're going to develop, or you already have interactive digital centers, IDC, for training and certifying young Taiwanese in emerging industries. Well, right, and that that'll be of, of interest, I think, to to your audience in HR training. This is really a revolution in training. We have what's called the Creator. It's a cloud-based creator not to go in too much into the technology, but it allows anyone, anywhere, a teacher, a trainer to easily develop their own called AVR, AR, augmented reality and virtual reality content. Not only that, it allows for real time access to intelligence. And so that's workers, not only worker training, but workers having real time access to intelligence. And that's done through these IDCs or interactive digital centers. We currently have agreements to open 30 locations. We've got uh, 22 locations. We're gonna open another 10 or 15 this year. And we have 100 new locations planned over the next 36 months. We have a grand opening in China in two weeks. We're planning on having a center here in Taiwan by the end of March. So. These are their development centers. They're also training centers. So we certify and train 100 young people on AR, not only on AR and VR, you know, you have the underlying technology, but you need the know-how, you need the case studies. Eon Reality has literally thousands of case studies in industry and enterprise, working with big companies like Exxon, Mobile, GE, United, Bombardier, I could go on and on, over 400 companies, thousands of case studies, and they've been doing this way before this technology was known here the past couple of years. Everybody's been talking about it, and now we've begun using it. So they were doing it, uh, you know, 18 years ago. I want to drill down on not politics, but the political backing of this kind of project. As I understand it, the politicians, uh, the leadership is spending some money investing in people. Wonderful thing. Something called five plus two. What does that mean? 
Yes, the, the five plus two is it's it's a major initiative here in Taiwan. They're putting billions of dollars into developing what they're calling the the Asian Silicon Valley. They want to focus on IoT, the Internet of Things. Uh, plan to have about a, a trillion dollar global piece of that IoT pie. People may know that you know in their smart homes, you have uh, smart lights, you have smart air conditioner, but also we're using this in industry and in companies. So you have devices, microcontrollers. I won't get in too much into that, but that's a big, big industry. We're going to have about anywhere from 30 to 50 billion of these devices everywhere in our homes, in our offices. You know, many, many people have them now. My parents have them now, you know, in their homes and they're, uh, they're in their 80s. So this is something we're going to see everywhere. And this is something Taiwan's investing in. Also AI, artificial intelligence, cloud computing. We've heard all these terms, but AR, VR is really augmented and virtual reality is the middle of that. And basically, I'll, I'll just explain it very simply. Anything you want to see Anything you want to visualize, you need the AR, VR piece. And that's where we come in. So we're working with government uh, NGOs, a digital government uh, minister, Audrey Tong, has uh, been a big support here. The Minister of Science and Technology. We're working again with the Asian Silicon Valley, uh, smart machinery, smart city folks. We've got IoT development centers. So all this is going on. We're putting billions into all of these R&D development centers all over Taiwan, from the north in Taipei to the central Taichung and down to, to Kaohsiung. So this is an uh, initiative by the, the Taiwan government to invest in digital infrastructure and also to focus on content. Taiwan is, a, is known for the hardware, the devices. Now we want to marry the hardware and the software. And that's part of this, this overall transformation, Ed. So one thing that I'm very impressed with is the reduction to simplicity of understanding all of these things. Uh, from my research, I see that, quote unquote, the country really believes that knowledge is a human right and that knowledge should also be affordable, available, and accessible to everyone everywhere. I would hope that the U.S. would follow suit someday quick. But uh, I see that you guys are into it there, and congratulations for being a leader. I read as well with quite deep interest here, and I'd like you to go a little deeper in this idea of the three things, learn faster, remember longer, mm -hmm. and decide better. So is this for young students or is this for adult learning? Well, it's, it's all of the above, Ed. It's really empowering 3.5 billion people on Earth. Uh, we call it Human 2.0, and it's empowering workers and also empowering all students, uh, K through 12, and also in the university. And I mentioned Eon Reality, our U.S. partner, and also our Taiwan partners have been working closely with the Taiwan government and the TUSA, the Taiwan USA Association, eTree, the Industrial Technology Research Institute, ITRI. And they're all big believers in this knowledge as a human right. And uh, knowledge should be affordable, accessible, and available. So it's really in alignment with the government and uh, what we're doing with Eon, Eon Reality. 
it, it really applies Ed, to to students of all ages. And if you look at the, the pedagogy of this, how knowledge is transferred, AR, VR is not just another fad. We researched hundreds of companies uh, before partnering with Eon. We looked at gamification, gaming companies, LMS, learning management systems, simulations. The reason that AR, VR, AVR is so powerful and so effective in knowledge transfer ed is because humans are curious. Humans want to manipulate their environment. Humans learn through repetition. They learn by doing. And having a fully immersive environment ensures that students, as you said, quoted, learn uh, faster, remember longer, and decide better. We've seen test scores 80, 90% higher, attention spans 80, 90% higher, confidence levels 80, 90% higher in this immersive environment. Humans learn by doing, by repetition, by doing things over and over in different ways, which they can do in the AVR environment. They can label, they can disassemble, they can reassemble, they can name things. So it's about all using all of these different senses in this immersive environment. And there are literally hundreds of studies. Harvard Business Review did a study earlier this year showing the very first time a worker put on the augmented reality glasses with injected, we call injected intelligence, the productivity and efficiency rate was 35 to 45% higher the very first time. So humans just cannot compete, Ed. We're, you know, we're naked, so to speak, without augmenting ourselves with this technology. We can, you know, say, we say, stand on the shoulders of giants by integrating humans, the human and machine uh, interaction. That's what is important. What did you say here? There are two eyes, uh, integrative intelligence or? Artificial intelligence. So we yeah. can integrate. So what we can do is we can inject that knowledge into either a mobile phone, into a tablet, or also into the augmented reality glasses, which pretty much every major company just this year has patented. Uh, Google, Facebook, Apple, pretty much you name it. You know, you're going to see it. If you're not seeing it now, uh, just wait a few months. It'll be on every iPhone. You know, Google will be releasing. So we're going to, we're seeing it everywhere. And uh, it's really a typhoon. Uh, I'll use the Thomas Friedman from the New York Times. Uh, words I met met him here in Taipei a couple months ago. He said it's really really a typhoon, and that companies and workers need to be prepared for for what's happening. And we need to develop human skills, and we also need to learn how to interact with machines. Otherwise, we're going to be left behind. Knowledge is a human right. I love that. So in Taiwan, in some communities in the U.S. as well, but in Taiwan particularly. Studying and doing well in school is like a national pastime, isn't it? Well, it really is. You see people sleeping on the trains at night. Almost everybody after school will attend what's called cram schools, starting at uh, maybe five years old. They go to school all day, and then they go to the private uh, cram schools on nights and uh, weekends. And so 
it, it's uh, education is is very very important to Taiwanese uh, all the way through to the university and there's a long long history Chinese history of you know the Mandarin uh, examinations hundreds of years ago you know sitting in huts for 24 hours a day seven days a week studying for the imperial examinations and this was the the Chinese meritocracy so it was uh, you you could advance based on your merit based on what you learn and your knowledge and if you look at Chinese history in China you know they set up ancestral temples and in those temples which by the way are kind of like investment companies they will have the listed the degrees that you know different people from the family have achieved you know masters PhDs you know studied abroad so this is very very important many of the Taiwanese at the great universities here and many study abroad in the U.S. you even look at the Taiwanese government you'll see a lot of them studied at Harvard MIT you know Stanford so education you're right Ed is it's definitely a national uh, pastime here well, we only have about five minutes left for this particular broadcast, uh, and I invite you to come back and do more, go deeper at a future one. But tell me about Taiwan and China. Then it's not going to be any trouble, right? Well, we're 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 uh, constantly working on cross straits relations. I, I'm a member of several cross straits business groups, and you know we have we have a lot of Chinese travelers. We have you know China and Taiwan have do a tremendous. People don't realize there's a tremendous amount of trade. One of the top trading partners, uh, Taiwan, China is one of the top trading partners of, of Taiwan, and vice versa. So they have long, long history, shared culture. There are a lot of Taiwanese doing business in uh, in uh, in China. So you know, I think yeah, long term, I, I don't foresee any issues, and we believe that we can uh, promote through even through the through the digital through the IDCs. We've got one right across the uh, straits in Fujian Province, just a couple hours away by flight. Actually, you could take a boat there, and we will have a, an interactive digital center there near Shaman, Fujian, and then we'll have one here in, in Taipei. So we're, we're hoping to promote cross-straits relations through exchanges, internships, things like that between our, our centers. So yeah, there's, again, a long, long uh, shared history, and yeah, I don't foresee any issues, Ed. Well, this has really been educational, fast-paced for sure, but uh, I love the idea of startup fever, startup fever in Taiwan with hundreds of incubators, and I see that you're right into that. Congratulations. And yes. are there many Americans over there? Yeah, more and more, uh, the, the Taiwanese government uh, wants to attract hundreds of thousands of uh, white-collar workers. So uh, again, this is one of the, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, one of the top 10 or 20 friendliest places in the world, safest places in the world, best places for foreigners to live and travel. Signs are in English. Everybody, you know, has a high level of English. The companies are transforming to make it friendly for foreigners in the companies. So, yeah, it's a great place to set up. Great business environment, uh, as you mentioned, hundreds of startups and startup community. And the government really wants to attract foreign white collar workers uh, to Taiwan, experts and professionals. And so, it's really a great place to to start a business, to locate, relocate your business. Again, high levels of English, high levels of education. It's a you know thriving, open democracy. It was just voted one of the most open places with regard to media 
something like the top 10 or, or 20. So it really is a, just a wonderful place to live and raise a family. It's kind of best kept secret uh, that's now uh, now getting out there. And a lot of people are now moving from, from Hong Kong and Singapore and other places, and they're seeing, hey, this is really a, a great place to live and do business. It's wonderful to hear this. I'm so excited to have this knowledge for the benefit of our readers and our audience worldwide. So thank you very much, David Hall, an American in Taiwan. Knowledge mm-hmm. is a human right. I'm going to remember that. The uh, three elements, learn faster, remember longer, decide better. Those are really words to live by. David Hall, thank you very much for this terrific insight. I'd like to have you back. We can go deeper into the IDC, the Interactive Digital Centers, for Mm -hmm. training and certifying young Taiwanese in emerging industry and hands-on development. And how do you teach entrepreneurs? You know, I've been struggling to be one. (laughs) The courage to go somewhere that you don't know where you're going to end up, Ed. That's what it's about. If we, you know, we say if we knew the book of our lives, we knew every page. Who would want to to read the book? So that's uh, that's why we're here to find that out. Yeah, this is great. When's the last time you were here in the U.S.? It's been about let's see, about a year. So it's time to time to get back there again. Been so busy with all of these uh, philanthropies and uh, our, our business and a lot of the things that we're doing. I'm uh, heavily involved in Rotary Club and and many other uh, philanthropies and charities. We do a, a young change maker camp here with the Eunice Social Center. So very, very busy here, and I've got to get back there again. I really miss that place. Well, I'd, I'd love to come and visit, frankly. Yeah, and someday we will. Come on over. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to host you over here. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful speaking with you. We need to sign off now. We'll be back to you very soon. Thanks for being our guest today on Global Radio Talk Show, a unit of globalbusinessnews.net. Thank you, David Hall. Thank you, Ed. It's my honor. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful day.